Welcome to Five Star Weekly. Atlanta United looked futile against NYCFC. What can ATL do better against Rebel? Getting all that more coming up. Welcome to the show, Five Star Fam. I'm AJ, and this is Chris. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share, and leave us a good rating. This segment is sponsored by Thinking Man Tavern, a cozy Decatur neighborhood pub. Grab a tasty beverage from a wide variety of selections and a plate of something delicious from the menu. To go, check out Thinking Man Tavern. Watch our fam, we've started a Patreon and there are a lot of fun tiers there. Join us and get it in from a grassroots level at patreon.com slash ATLU fan feet and we'll there. But guys, uh, yeah, NYCFC, that uh, that was quite a match to probably not see. Uh, probably most of us, uh, you know, maybe had one eye on the Hawks game as well. But uh, no, uh, those of us that watched the whole game against NYCFC, ooh, it was a doozy. It was uh, a match that definitely left a lot to be desired. No Joseph Martinez, uh, and pretty much no focal point up top. And uh, yeah, Eric Lopez deputizes as that uh, kind of maybe Falstein, or I think, yeah, he was pretty much the uh, the striker, but maybe wasn't able to do striker thing, per se. Um, and yeah, essentially, we look very lost, very, very drab. And uh, yeah, NYCFC... Kind of run us, ran us ragged a little bit until they finally got the breakthrough uh, through Ishmael to Shradi. But uh, Chris, yeah, you're our resident tweeter on match days. Uh, you definitely got a gauge of all of the temperature of the fans as well. What was your reaction, and then what did you gauge from the fans' reaction? My reaction was that. You know the same the same issues that have plagued us for seemingly uh, years now have just have have come to the surface without without our without our our top guy we don't have any other options we don't have we don't have the the ability to break down teams like we used to um, and not to bring you know things back up from the past but in the Miggy days and even in the in the in the post Miggy year, um, where we, um, you know, weren't weren't bad. I think it was FD's um, uh, first year. You know, we were we at least had the ability to control um, parts of the games. But right now, we we just yesterday we were passengers. Um, we didn't create enough chances. I think we had three shots. Um, you know, all together. Created and, all together. <laughs> like yeah, four, we, four we, we, don't, we don't create enough. Just don't create enough chances, and 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 that's that. And the thing is, a lot of people are are getting on getting on the defense, um, and and rightfully so for some of the gaps that have happened um, over the past couple of months. But you know, it, it's very, it's yes, your job is to defend, but it's very hard to keep that focus on 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 defending when you've been pressed the whole game and your your attackers just aren't creating anything. Um, and so that one mistake that you do make that you, you get punished for ends up being the deciding um, factor of a match, and that's that's never what you want to have. Um, as far as, and that's and that's my opinion. And and, and as far as what the what the uh, what um, 
what Twitter was was <laughs> was kind of talking about. Uh, you know, a lot of people in and there's warrants to this too. A lot of people were asking for you know sweeping changes. A lot of a lot of uh, a lot of our our team, um, a lot of our roster, uh, at least in their minds, have, have kind of worn out the welcome. Um, you know, I've heard names like Barco, um, you know, uh, uh, Moreno, um, you know, Lopez. Every, every, there's, it's, there's pretty much nobody, nobody safe. Not even Guzan. Um, you know, that maybe Miles was 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 really the only one, but um, you know, everybody just wants to see something change. And they want to see more moves. Um, they want to see uh, more attacking talent brought in. And they want to see, you know, somebody who can control the middle of the pitch, which is what we have been lacking um, sorely, sorely. Now. Yeah. And, uh, well, Chris is a little bit frozen right I'm now. Uh, but, okay, yeah. Finish your thought, man. <laughs> oh, I was, I was just saying that... Um, you know, somebody we we are sorely lacking in the middle, um, and somebody like Sosa could could possibly you know be that that um, that cog that we need there. But we're being pressed to death, so he's always in the back. He's always helping out in the back, and and not really ever getting a chance to push forward. So you know, we we are basically limited in what we can do right now, and and I think everybody sees that. Yeah, uh, no, you're definitely right in uh, a lot of regards where you know. The one error that maybe uh, we get uh, scored on or anything in a match, it's a glaring thing because the attack isn't producing enough. To maybe uh, supplant that type of uh, you know those type of errors, and uh, it's exactly you know these type of issues where I think um, you know Stosa, like you're saying, is being deployed a little bit too far back. Maybe in my opinion the there's a lot of talk about the man marking system and not any of the zonal uh, play mm -hmm. and marking that other teams might do. And which, you know, if they're in this zone, you just pass them off to another player and you won't chase them down the pitch. Um, and that, you know, uh, a lot of people are having issues with that, uh, as well as, you know, the fatigue that uh, Gabriel Hansen is talking about within the team. Uh, Maybe in the lack of the rotation within uh, you know, the starting players, it uh, it starts to become you know this issue that's going to perpetuate and going to affect our other matches too if we can't start solving these problems uh, head on. And uh, yeah, you, you did see like uh, a Mo Adams come in for Franco Ibarra later on. Fell. Uh, Dick Mulroney was taken off which I didn't really agree with. Uh, he looked like uh, one of our most capable players uh, during the match, like yeah. taking on some guys and then beating them and then getting a shot off. And then he gets taken off. Yeah, I think two, I think two of the three shots came from him and one right. came from Lopez. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's... It's perplexing. And, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, and of the four chances that we created, yeah, you take the guy off the, uh, you know, created... A couple of them uh by himself really uh it's it just seems to be there's a lot of disjointedness and yes gabriel hansay was not on the sidelines for this one uh his uh assistant his longtime assistant Todley was but it is still one of these things though like uh hansay even mentioned after the match that he's not that important 
terms of uh, him being the uh, if he's on the sidelines or not. Like the players themselves, they have to produce, and so far, it just looks toothless up front. We just really lack that cutting edge. Anybody that really wants to take the game by the scruff of the neck and uh, you know, try to put the ball in the back of the net. I mean, it's just uh, there's too many guys, too passive, too many guys that uh, would rather be creator than finisher. And you basically you have a team full of guys that are looking to each other uh, to see who's going to step up versus you know, yeah, a guy that's like, you know, I'm the guy. Uh, and that's you know, largely like you were saying, basically Jose Martinez, but. You know, it, it, it is symptomatic of the league in terms of, um, you know, don't have the depth like you do in other leagues. But, you know, missing one player, Joseph Martinez, should not just un, you know, everything. Like, we should still have chances created. And, you know, it's clear that we're, we were missing him in a weekday match uh, that definitely, yeah, we had just played three days prior. So there, there are those caveats. You know, like on on Sunday, yeah. I think we played decently well uh, in some spurts, and with Brooks London creating eight chances, uh, or uh, you know, up to eight chances with uh, key ch- key uh, key passes and um, you know the crosses that he made. But you know, in this match, it just yeah, you didn't see as much uh, from us because I yeah, like you were saying, we got pressed to death. We don't play well against that uh, do that to us especially when we're uh, you know prioritizing that session and, you know we were a little too happy to just pass it around the back yeah shaped passing and that's what that's what causes the goal that that passing in the back is what causes the goal and I and, and I'm usually I'm usually hesitant to buy into um you know uh, when the coach says that, you know, it's the, it's the, it's on the players, um, you know, for the most part and whatnot, um, especially when the transfer window is open and such, um, you know, it, it's usually a good way for, for coaches to kind of put it to the ownership to say, Hey, give me a, give me a bigger budget. Let me get some more guys. But you know, I, I don't think, I don't think, uh, Einstein is wrong here. Um, you know, there's just not a lot of depth. Um, there's been injuries. I think Dom had his first, his first playing time um, in a while, Mo Adams' um, uh, league debut, at least. Um, there, there are guys that just aren't, you know, that aren't match fit that we had to we had to turn to as options. Um, and you could see when they when they came on, it was just, you know, there was there was a strong disconnect. And I think that I think though where the coach could step in is that you have to create. Yes, you have a way of playing, but you also have to look at the talent that you have um, and, and, and try to figure out how to maximize what you do have. Um, you know, if you if if you're playing teams that are going to press you, you know, then then probably doing the man marketing isn't the best idea um, for a team that's already kind of, you know, weary, um, you know, just in my opinion, you know, and I saw and to your point about, you know, having a guy who just who, who just who will want to take the initiative to the other team you know we got and this is it might be because the uh the uh nba postseason is going on but um we got a lot of ben simmons comparisons uh last night and that's never a good thing <laughs> that is definitely never not, a good thing. not this season but uh yeah definitely um <laughs> yeah you know looking at some of the stats 
uh, from this match. An XG of .32, uh, according to Doug Roberson. Uh, yeah, pretty futile there. Um, yeah, like I said earlier, the four chances created, season low. Um, and yeah, a lot of a lot of people are gonna try to slate a lot of the players that um, haven't played a lot and came in recently. Uh, but Jurgen Dom, he just came in. Uh, yeah, I mean he, he looked hella rusty. That's that's for sure. But uh, you know, I think give him a little bit of a run up, and then we start to judge you know how he was actually doing. But um, yeah, Mo Adams season debut. That's you know it's just not a you know also someone that we can like fully judge. But yes, if we were to replace some of these players, I mean okay, yeah, let's uh you know let's build some value in them and on but uh you know i think it's you know some of these guys that uh are performing in that sense in this in the likes of marcelino moreno uh and ezekiel barco who yeah i mean they to me uh, a lot of times they end up in the same spaces many times same uh same issues with uh barco and Ethi. Um, where, yeah, there was a shot chance that they kind of got in each other's way, Moreno and Barco. Uh, that's hella annoying, because it's just like, uh, one of them's got to stay wide, one of them's got to, you know, if you want to interchange, then, you know, try to part about the spaces that you occupy. But, um, yeah. you know, it's, neither uh, of them really want to shoot. That is the, that's the yeah. thing that kills you. Yeah, yeah they, they want to create the chance uh, but they don't really necessarily want to, uh, you know, be the, the, the score. And, um, you know, and I think it's this, like, some people might slate Miles Robinson as well uh, for, you know, the errant pass that led to the goal. But, you know, uh, I think it's at that point, you know, we've been, we had been playing out of the back for nearly the, the entire match. And, uh, at one point, you even noted on Twitter that Braguzan maybe had more touches in his box than LA United had in NYCFC's box. So, you know, it's yes. symptomatic, I think, here. Uh, also, Dan had a season-high six saves. I mean, it's just like, yeah, we were getting hurt. They were, you know, running us all over the pitch, and we were chasing shadows. So, it's something that, uh, yeah, you know, there's the caveat. It's a week, week, uh, weekday match after a weekend match. So yes, there is that, but you know it doesn't mean that uh, you know we just had a month off essentially or three. We should be still relatively fresh. So you know, should be, should be, and you know I think you know if you're going to kind of blame a little bit of fatigue on this, I mean I think it's. Uh, it's a little bit strange. Not exactly something that I would uh, accept readily. So, uh, but anyway, mm. go ahead. You had a wild buildup to prepare for. Sorry, you, you have a again to me like this. That's why I don't necessarily just buy it just on a player thing. Because as a as, even as a, as a coach, you have a you have a good lead up to kind of evaluate like can my team do this for ninety minutes? And if the answer is no. You you need to have some some plans in mind there. So, right, exactly. Make a make subs a little earlier, maybe sixty minute subs. Uh, that way, yeah. There's guys that aren't just just absolutely being just run down into the ground. But 
Um, either way, uh, let's wrap this up on uh, the NYCFC match. Uh, any final thoughts on this match? Let's set the bet. Fair. Uh, you're a little bit frozen right now, so uh, we'll just go on. <laughs> Uh, next match is against the New York Red Bulls on Sunday at 3.30 at the Benz, and we'll have that preview later on episode. But let's get into the news as I click this thing at the same time. Uh, but the uh, Unity Kids, Adidas has apologized for the error for that uh, backwards uh, writing in Hebrew. Apparently, according to an Adidas spokesperson uh, to the AJC, that it was caught during its checkpoint uh, in the review process before the jersey was mass-produced, and the production facility was alerted, and they sent a corrected, uh, approved material, but it didn't come out in the factory. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, it wasn't caught again until the jersey was manufactured, and uh, the Adidas spokesperson has wholeheartedly apologized that it was not... And uh, they were re-examining the review process and making media changes so that this does not happen again. Uh, but they are deciding, uh, it's basically that because it's in a limited run, um, whether to actually do something about it. And they also note that a women's cut was not made because it is a limited run, but that they absolutely look to deliver on these needs as uh, they expand size runs future Chris what are your thoughts on uh you know that uh statement from Adidas I mean it's corporate speak but this is this is unfortunately you tend to find out um holes in the process in real time so um yeah it's it's I you know at the very least they you know acknowledged it and they are you know into it but I mean you know, it's it's kind of the response kind of you, that you generally expected, I think. Yeah, uh, you know, at least they apologize for it. I think, yeah, the, it's egregious. <laughs> it shouldn't have come down all the way through the whole process that actually happens. Especially if you're gonna do this, yeah. you're gonna like you know write in languages that you are not native uh, speakers to. You gotta get native speakers to check it all. You know, check every. You would think that would be one of the things that, like I said, it, it's, it's, this is how you find out uh, that you have holes or that you have, you know, some sort of blind spot. And right. It's, it's 11 languages. 11 languages. You should be able to like find a spokesperson that uh, speaks that language for 11, just 11 languages. But anyway, um, <laughs> Moving on from that, uh, Brooks Lennon made the bench for the MLS Team of the Week. Uh, he had eight key passes and chances created against Philly. Uh, definitely well-deserved there. Uh, I argue maybe he should have actually made the team. Uh, not just the bench, but the 11, rather. But anyway, uh, moving on from that, Joseph Martinez, he was back mingling with the Venezuelan squad. His uh, quarantine from uh, possibly testing positive for covid is over, so that's good to see. He could feature on Sunday for Venezuela. Could not get back soon enough, but yeah, it's a 
Hopefully it's just three matches, but for Venezuelans, I'm sure they hope that they're lo they're longer in October. But uh, moving on from that, Joseph or not Joseph Jeff Lorenowitz is uh, going to fill in for Mo Adu on Sunday broadcast as Mo Adu is going to be covering other things. But uh, Larry, uh, that that post by LA United where yeah, it's the MLS Cup parade and. Uh, it's, you know, that little cardboard piece of paper, or not piece of paper, but that little cardboard thing where he asked who has beer at the MLS Cup Parade, they instead wrote, uh, yeah, who wants to see me on Sunday's broadcast? I think that was brilliant. That's a very good tweet from the team. Uh, it's been, I'm not gonna lie, there haven't been some tweets that, uh, really made a lot of fans happy lately but that one was definitely one of them uh but anyway let's uh move on from that and uh doug roberson had this tweet out that uh looking at the top salaries for atlanta united the goals scored in this mls season uh joseph at 3.9 million goals dom at 1.58 million your goals your assists barco 1.425 million one goal one assist Mesa, 975,000 on loan. Heinemann at 900,000, one goal, one assist. Suzanne, of course, uh, 805,000 pure goals. Wouldn't expect your goalkeeper to have goals anyway. Uh, that total is $9.585 million for four goals and two assists through about, what is it? Uh, yeah, about nine games. Yeah, it's a. Uh... Yeah, not not great, not great, Bob. But uh, yeah, what what are your thoughts on you know that kind of revelation of uh, you know those stats and those salaries? Again, it it points to uh, a deeper issue. Um, you know that is the is the money is the money really going to the right places and. You know, again, you you take you can take a you know Guza Martinez off of that, but you know as as far as you know players like Barco and whatnot, um, you have to ask the question. You know, like did we get? Is this, is this been the best investment? Um, and it's hard to justify to that point. Now, sure, if 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 we don't concede two late goals in back to back matches, um, it looks then a lot better. Probably, you sure. know. It does look a lot better. It's like, well, we don't have to score five goals. We can just score one or two, and we'll we'll be able to hold them out to win the game, you know. Um, but you know, and, and until you guys hit true form, but you know, it, it's it's always easier to look at. Um, it's always easier to look at the money and just kind of shrug when you're winning. But when you're not, it's it's you're taking a lot harder looks at it and. Again, you know, I, I take Martinez out of there because of, of what happened last year and because of history. Um, and Guzan as well, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a keeper and he's made plenty of, of good saves, um, you know, yesterday included, uh, you know, to to keep our, our score lines more respectable um, at times. So, um, but yeah, you get to ask the question if, if, if there is, you know, and a lot of, a lot of fans, you know, are questioning the the front office in this. Um, you know, are we identifying the right talent, and are we overpaying for the wrong talent? Um, and that's that's the question that you can't help but ask at this point. Definitely, and uh, you know, maybe uh, not only does Carlos Bocanegra 
start to, I mean, he's already started to get the, uh, the Boca outcries, but, uh, you know, maybe the other guys, uh, within the front office as well, maybe Darren Eel, because, you know, it is all part of it. And, um, you know, as much goodwill as they've, uh, they've brought, uh, it's also going on a year and a half of, you know, pretty futile, uh, futile looking performances that I think really need to be addressed. But, um, yeah. yeah you have to identify where the problem is coming from. Because I know last year, you know, sacked DeBoer, but you have to, you have to identify where the problem is coming from. And that's something that, you know, I'm hoping this team can do, um, you know, and, and again, just to, you know, just to kind of transcend sports, you know, the, you know, the Hawks identified the issue, the correct issue, as it would turn out, um, of their team's struggles and look where they are now. You know, the, you know, a lot of people thought firing DeBoer was going to be, you know, Arkelis' tactics. And then as as time goes on, we learn that that may not be the case. And, and it's, a, it's a big issue for us right now to identify the source of this rut that we've been in for quite some time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you have Paul McDonough also, you know, pretty much suspended until uh, the end of 2022. You have Lucy Rushton going and moving on to East United. It seems like an exodus, you know, a bit. Uh, there's definitely a lot of front office people that have moved on. And maybe that checks and balances is that thing that we're lacking right now. Uh, maybe some of the guys in the front office have too much power. And when you have maybe that and unchecked then uh maybe you see what's happening right so anyway but uh moving on from that Lisandro lopez returned to his former club rossing uh in argentina and he has signed a new contract until june 2022 we wish him the best he uh has gone through a lot this uh past half year so definitely it makes plenty of sense that he would go somewhere familiar and not uh be Flying in his trade in a completely new country and uh, trying to figure things out when a lot of things probably are still in flux. But let's wrap up the news and get into the match preview. And yes, this Sunday, 3.30 at the Benz, we will be playing the New York Red Bulls, our old nemesis. And uh, yeah, it's a little bit of a new era for the Red Bulls as they kind of made sweeping changes. And new manager, Gerhard Struber, uh, it's going to be his first full season in charge. Uh, the Austrian manager, he arrived last fall and is well known for his high pressing system. So, uh, yeah, they had a lot of players move in and out this off season. Uh, in terms of the key acquisitions, Fabio, the Brazilian striker is, uh, in, uh, he's, uh, kind of, uh, very, Paul Stryker gives them another aerial threat. Uh, and Andres Reyes comes from Inter Miami. Uh, and he made 13 starts, but uh, yeah, the uh, you know Red Bulls look to probably have him uh, kind of be a little bit more of a kind of a cog in their team. Brings a little bit of experience. Tom Edwards, uh, he's on loan from Stoke City. Uh, and he's an attacking fullback. He made 51 appearances for Stoke City. But, uh, yeah, in terms of losses, big one here in Tim Parker. He 
was traded to the Dynamo uh, this winter, uh, breaking up the Parker and Long uh, center back duo. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, in terms of us against the Red Bulls, it's been, as we all know, a bit of a challenge to get a win in the regular season. Uh, we, yeah, unfortunately, have only one win against them. They have four wins, and there's one draw. Uh, they have seven goals. We have six goals in those six matches that we played against them. Uh, and in terms of uh, the Red Bulls' previous match, uh, just like, just like, uh, yeah, just like NYCFC, they lost three-two against the New England Revolution. Well, uh, recently, right before they played us, so hopefully we don't see some deja vu in a one-nil loss. But uh, going into the uh, 2020 season for them, uh, previously, just to see where they were at, they were eighth in the Eastern Conference, and they were eliminated in the first round by the eventual MLS Cup winners in Columbus. So, yeah, with all that said, uh, let's get into uh, the players to watch. Chris, you want to take that away? Yes. Uh, sorry. Um, yeah, in terms of the player to watch, um, yeah, uh, for the Red Bulls, um, Sean Davis. Now, he's developed into a promising homegrown um, and a constant starter during his time with the Red Bulls. Um, so is that over 130 appearances and whatnot? Um, you know, also have, uh, you know, Caden Clark. Um, those are the players really um, that that uh, would be worth watching for the Red Bulls. For us, that are that are healthy. Uh, you know, I, yeah, because there's going to be a yeah. lot of players uh, out, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, also uh, a little footnote on Caden Clark. Uh, yeah. yeah, he is now making his uh, move to RB Leipzig, which uh, yeah, uh, he will stay with the Red Bulls until the but. Yeah, for an 18-year-old who, uh, you know, attacking midfielder, I mean, very promising. Hopefully he does not score against again. But, uh, yeah, on to those, uh, that lengthy, that very lengthy uh, injury and availability list for New York Red Bulls. Chris, I'm going to take it that way. Yes. Uh, so, Gutman is out. Aaron Long is out. <laughs> Uh, uh, then the Royer's out, uh, Diara's out. Uh, they have a lot of people out, or questionable. Um, uh, uh, Velo and Fernandez are, are too questionable, knee and ankle, respectively. Um, and uh, uh, Caceres is out, um, Air National Duty. But, um, you know, they have a lot of people out, more than us, to be honest. Um, right. But, you know, the thing is, is that it's it, for me. It's it's always been the history of the Red Bulls and the matchup. Um, it's gonna it's going to really be uh, the the history of the matchup versus the current form, um, you know. And, and in terms of Red Bulls, sort of a way. So at any point, you know, whether they have the people in or out, it's uh, you know, it's still it's still something to be concerned with when Red Bulls show up on your on your schedule. Right, because they're still going to be a high-pressing team. They're still going to play a lot exactly. of long balls. They're going to cross from wide. Uh, they're going to 
crush us when they have the ball and be direct. So, um, you know, it's going to be something that we always contend with. It's a next man up type of uh, thing for them all the time. We've had a lot of their players, uh, like key guys, out before, and it's not really phased them. It's kind of annoying. But uh, one name that I'm especially glad to see out is Danny Royer because he just almost always seems to score against us. Uh, so hopefully yeah, that is the case that, uh, yeah, we, you know, we miss his goal there in this matchup. But for us, uh, Joseph Martinez, he's also out with, uh, you know, on international duty, but possibly COVID uh, and all that. Emerson Hyman with ACL and then Hosetsu, he's still recovering from lower body injury. But let's get into our predicted starting 11. Chris, let's go through the lines together. Goose, obviously, between the six. Uh, but who do you have in your back line? Um, Lennon, oh, hello. They're, they're my preferred ones at this point. And Lennon I'm and Bellow. Yeah. keep saying they're, yeah, they're, they're my preferred at this point. And at this, I'm not going to change it until I see... I see a couple more clean sheets with somebody else, um, or any clean sheets to be honest, just to toss things up. So yeah, no, I uh, agree with that. But uh, I think Bellow, uh, he's been playing great, but I think he needs a little bit of a rest. A young kid, we don't need to be just uh, running him down into the ground. So Mikey Ambrose comes in, for me, but otherwise, same eleven. Uh, yeah, there's maybe less fatigue, possibly per se, between the center backs. So. I'm good with that uh, center back pairing for now. Into the midfield, uh, who do you got? Bar, Moreno, and Sosa. Sosa. Yeah. <laughs> um, in the midfield, but those three, I think, have been you know consistent, especially with Hyman out uh, long term. There's, I, I just don't see where we get the rotation from. I, Mo, neither Mo Adams nor you know Dom look like they can just kind of jump into the starting eleven. Um, or anywhere near it, so I think we're going to stick the same, um, you know, midfield pairing that or midfield selection that we have been. Yeah, obviously Dom's not going to be uh, in the central midfield, but yeah, it's uh, I know oh, what you yeah. meant. But uh, yeah, in terms of Barco, yeah, he could you know have a place in there, but I think Moreno, uh, his best position, uh, at least on this, I think, as a central, but. Uh, so, likewise for me, same midfields and going up top. Uh, yeah, let's. Uh, I think for me, I think Mulraney, Marco are the wingers here, and then I'd like to see Jackson Conway kind of get that start because uh, Kubo Torres left a lot of people to be desired. Uh, had a ball literally hit him in the face when he could have uh, pretty much put that into the back of the nets. Eric Lopez uh, left a little bit to be desired on the holdup play. Uh, he he definitely has that desire in terms of uh, you know, pressing from the front, but I think it's the uh, just a, still a little bit raw on some of those things. And uh, yeah, maybe Conway. Let's see what he can do. You know, let's uh, let's see what the kid uh, can do in this respect. Where we you know we're we're lacking in a lot of different things. Might as well start to develop some, uh, some guys while we're uh, trying to figure some stuff out, maybe. Because I don't, I'm not sure the other guys are a solution to this problem, but what about you? Yeah, I have the same. Um, and I think I think Moraine is showing enough to 
to to start on a more consistent basis. Um, you know, I know that it wasn't him on Sunday. Um, it was him last night. Uh, but he, he's, we talked about earlier, he's one of the few people that are able to create a little bit of space and actually then shoot afterwards. That's, that's, that's the big key. A lot of guys can create space, but then it's a, you know, it's a cross or it's another pass, but he actually looks to go and tries to shoot and, and that's going to bring defenders out and that's going to give us space to run in behind. Um, so I always think that, you know, you need to have somebody like that on your team and Moraney is that guy for us. Barco, uh, you know, it's, I think that he's another one um, that is, you know, because of, of where we are in, in depth, you really don't take him out. Um, I, I'd like to see him do more, uh, but, you know. He had a good run against... NYCFC, uh, but yeah, you want to see that kind of end product more uh, on a consistent basis, for sure. Uh, but yes, let's move yeah, on. Conway uh, from yeah, Conway for you. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and so yeah, any thoughts on why Conway should start? For you? Uh, more or less like what you said. You know, let's see what he, let's see what we what he can do. You know, and and, and somebody trying to fight their way into the starting eleven, especially in Joseph's absence. You know, might be uh, might be a little more uh, apt to get things going. So that's what I'm hoping for. At least. Yeah, definitely hungry guys that uh, you know have shown some ability and difference. Uh, you know, steps up the ladder. Let's see what he can do. But uh, let's get into the odds for bet three six five. Atlanta United have a fifty one point three percent chance to win this match. Uh, draw at twenty seven point eight, as well as uh, New York Red Bulls also have a twenty seven. Match. But uh yeah, the matchbacks that are quite interesting. Uh yeah, the Red Bulls, they have been losing at both halftime and full time in their last three away matches. So, you know, really good to know that. But uh they've also lost their last four away matches. Hopefully we do not break those ducks for them. But uh getting into uh, this score prediction then what do you got, Chris? I'm hopeful. Um but you know, it's. I think it's going to be a grind. I'm looking for a one-nil win. That's that's what I hope. That's what I I think will happen too. And it's it, it's it's hard to to put their form, um, their away match form against their historical form against us. But I'm I'm going to go with the one-nil. Okay, I would love that. Unfortunately, I am not as bullish, and I have us. <laughs> Losing 1-0, uh, I just don't know where these goals are coming from. And uh, it's just, uh, history is strong in this one. Uh, generally, it's not going to be, I think, as strong for other matches. But this one, you know, another high-pressing team, uh, and especially with the way we're playing, especially with Joseph out, these are all recipes for, just unfortunately, a weekend that does not pass the... Uh, yeah, the happy test. But anyway, guys, let us know what your score predictions are in the comments below. But that wraps up the match preview and gets us into the question of the day. And the question of the day is, do the cries for Boca out get louder after uh, a week like this? I mean, uh, yeah, you know, let us know in the comments below. I think we're gonna see a lot of... Uh, you know, a lot more Boca Outcries. It's already happening. 
It's just, uh, you know, is he the only uh, fall guy? I think uh, there's maybe more than one fall guy here. Uh, that's just uh, my opinion. But let us know your opinion in those comments. And that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already. Share this episode and leave us a review and rating so you can pop up higher in your rankings. And for Chris, I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening. Let's go!